1: And now, join
0: Kevin Hart as he dives, he dives into, into the, the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart.
2: Welcome, world. Welcome to another episode of Comedy Gold Mines, where we do what? That's right, say it. You're on the other side, but I'm envisioning you say it. So fucking say it. We get inside the minds of amazing comedians, and oh my God, what amazing minds they are. And sometimes, Sometimes to get into these minds, well, you got to go in with a high level of respect, and that's what we're doing today. The comedian we have on the show, I've known him for quite some time, and I just have respect, a high level of respect. He's not only been a successful touring and headliner comedian, but he's done it and done it at a very high level for years, for years. And this man has an audience. He has a fan base that not only follows him, but they fucking come and they show up and they show out. Respect. You gotta just go respect. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than Jim Gaffigan. Holy shit. Welcome to Comedy Gold Minds. What's up, Jim?
3: How's it going, Kevin? I am so uh excited. It's always nice to talk to a comedian, right?
2: It is. That's why I did this. There's a there's a high level of uh there's a high level of, of, of excitement that I honestly get when I get to talk to other comics. And I mean right? it's
3: a good gig. It's a good gig. Gig. It's another gig you have that I want. you have a lot of gigs that I want.
2: Give me give me two Jim what what give me two gigs that I have that you want
3: All right Super Bowl when you were on the field and you almost got to walk on stage that was like I'm like, is that Kevin? what's he doing there? <laughs> I just feel like Kevin you're just not putting enough effort into your career. It's just like, You got to put more effort in. I do. Like Jordan Peterson, he looks at you and he's like, he is a monster. I wish I could do a Jordan Peterson impression. (laughs) Um, No, but you're killing it. And congratulations. Thank you, man.
2: Thank you, man. Uh, Jim, as are you, uh, I meant the things that I said at the top, man. I, I, I've had such a, a high level of respect just for the way that you've done it, the way that you've handled your career, right? Um, and the reason why I say what I say is because you know there's a significant amount of, there's a significant amount of work that goes into truly building a fan base and understanding how to navigate um, within that fan base correctly, right? And, and I feel like you have such a great relationship with your fans right it's 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 one of those it's one of those uh talent talent to to fan um connections that are so visible it's so visible like you know um yeah i know i have fans i know i have a brand i know i got a lot of shit going on right so i'm able to check into a lot of boxes um but i worked that i worked that i i i i put a high level of energy into that to make sure that um, I'm giving my fans something. Uh, I try to recreate myself as much as possible, and whether it be stand up, whether it be television, film, radio, podcast, whatever. I'm trying to check a lot of boxes. Um, Jim, you're a fucking comics comic. You're always you're, you're you're creating. You're 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 writing new material. You're never in the same space, and you churn. You fucking churn. How many specials do you have now, Jim?
3: this last Netflix one was number
2: nine. Jesus Christ.
3: But you know, it's like, as you know, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, there's a reward in the process of doing it. Do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's all self assignment. And um, there is, you know, as any, as any comedian, you know, you probably talked about this. It's like, there's nothing more rewarding than that new joke that new at, chunk at, at all it's the best right at it's, all. it's like i mean and it is a it's a different kind of endorphin rush that um, i love acting but it's a that's a different thing you know the stand up thing is just it's not easy it's not quick but it's um it's kind of like it rewards diligence mm. do you know what i mean
2: Mhm. What's your process, Jim? Right? Like I, I know I have um, I have a system, um, and you know uh, when the pandemic hit, of course it broke that system up, and that was the first time that I kind of put a special together fast, right? Like um, when I did um, uh, zero fucks given, that was like I put that together during the pandemic over like the course of like you know two and a half months. It was just a challenge of let me see. If I could construct a, a an hour of material, you know, get it to a point to where there's a flow, there's a story behind it, where I got some good punchlines in it. Let me see. That's the first time that I didn't take about um, anywhere between eight to 12 months to develop a set, work a set, tour a set, yeah. then do a special. Um, so there's normally like a two-year window. In between, and there's a year of development, year of tour, then punctuation with special start over. So there's like a two-year cycle that I was kind of staying true to. What's your what's your system?
3: It's ever evolving. Um, it's uh, it's gone through um, different times where it's uh, you know I mean I have five kids. You know my wife. Um, I remember waking my wife up when she was breastfeeding. She had fallen asleep breastfeeding a child and waking her up and saying, we got to come up with some more bacon jokes. So it's like, <laughs> there's different, you know, and, and so it used to be much more of a, a writing session kind of thing. And And when you talk about your process during the pandemic, by the way, during the pandemic, I didn't really write stand-up. I was mm. doing these CBS Sunday commentaries, which are kind of um, really kind of easy. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, you know, stand-up is, my process has now evolved to where I come up with a nub of an idea, maybe a joke or a punchline, and then I go on stage and I kind of riff on it and then I rewrite from there I'll go back and listen but um yeah I mean performing is probably the most important element now but initially it's usually something that bumps me you know that's weird I mean I always think it's so fun and you are such a great storyteller that like when you find stories that are yours obviously that you've done all these specials and you're like, wow, I didn't know I had this. Like, why didn't I talk about this earlier? Yes. Like, there is this fear of like, I'm going to run out of material. Like, I'm going to, you know, there's going to, you don't want to be repetitive, you know? And so there is something, and I think it kind of changed when my wife got this brain tumor and I really had to write about uh apply what i had learned to a different topic mm. and so in it doing like i'm going that, through that now what's that
2: i'm going through that now wow yeah
3: so it's like you go through these serious things and these uh weapons that you have essentially are you know processing comedy when you can apply them to not things that happened 30 years ago or 10 years ago, but like things that are happening now um, is really, you know, it's, it's, again, it's like, as a comedian, it's this gift to be able to process things. And, but uh, also it's, uh, you know, the audience kind of knows where you're at. I mean, there's some comedians that can probably hide a little bit, but, I think that the audiences appreciate an authenticity. And so the, the balance between, um, you know, you wanna keep some, some mystery, but you also have, there has to be part of you that's an exhibitionist, which I think is ever evolving. And as long as we've done stand-up, we're still getting pieces of ourselves on stage. So it's it's weird. So, but I would say that it's
2: ever kind of evolving. It's not it's not weird. I mean, you, what what you said makes so much sense. Especially, I mean, the 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 key, the key notes that I took out of that is, of course, ever evolving, right? Ever evolving, and you know, talking about the new challenges that you present yourself with, because you do find yeah. a space of comfort. Um, and for me, that space of comfort, it was it was heavy family, it was heavy wife, my kids, right? And and you were in that space as well, because it's you know what i think sometimes an audience uh may not be able to understand or may right is is we live a different life after the success comes and the the rolling stones and the the late night owls and the the men of the night that we once were um well that slowly distances itself as you get older and and more polished and more successful in the craft of comedy because you know you're when you're not on the road well you want to be home you want to be with the wife with the kids and for a while that was that's that's it that's all I was engulfed in and i recently realized i was like fuck man like you know i'm i'm this is so easy for me now it's easy for me to talk to this audience to talk to my other husbands, to talk to my men that have fucked up, done some dumb shit, trying to become better fathers, etc. Like, it's easy for me to do that. And I said on this go around and me developing this material, I said, I have to challenge myself to step out of my comfort zone. And as crazy as that may sound to my audience, it's like you got to find new ways to become uncomfortable because there's, there's, there's so much comfort and discomfort for us. And and when you talk about ever, you know, evolving, that's the new space for evolve. And that in that new discomfort. Um, you know, so you talking about your wife with the tumor. I'm quite sure that it presented, you know, just a different a different wavelength of thoughts for you, a, a different approach, right?
3: Yeah. It's I mean, it's I mean, I don't, you know, it's also it's there's certain things that are you know in stand up you might talk about certain things but like that's the fear is also opening yourself up in talking about certain things in this crazy world you're also i mean it's so strange it's like but that's also i mean that's seeking discomfort you really captured it right and the when people talk about like comedians Uh, losing their edge, it's like, you know, it's not like they lose their edge. It's like they lose the desire to kind of like get close to the fire. It's not about like whether you're eating in a fancy restaurant. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but like Seinfeld said this to me, you know, uh, he's like, you know, you have those five kids, you travel with them and and it's chaos. And he's like, I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean you're jealous? He goes, Because it's difficult. Because that difficult is something that we can turn into something uh interesting or funny. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the the easy life can't be turned into. I mean, obviously people probably can, but like that it's so strange because like I was doing a spot last night and I was at Gotham and pretty young kids, I mean, when I say young, I'm talking about people in their 20s and their 30s or early 30s, if that. And I was like, you know, I remember being that person and going, I don't want to hear about someone's wife and kids or husband and kids. And there is something, the point I'm getting to is there is that balance of uniqueness and also it being universal. Like, I could talk about my kids. I could make that funny. But I can do that in my, when I'm touring. But, like, if it's a bunch of strangers that are, you know, in all likelihood don't have kids, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to jump over that hurdle. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of, like, contradicting what we're saying about seeking discomfort. But, like, there is the balance of embracing being uncomfortable and also Knowing when you're wasting time, does that make sense?
2: It does, it does. And I like what you said about the fire. I like what you said about you know the the uh, the comparison, right? Because you know that that thing, that thing that we're talking about, it's it's like you know what it is, Jim. It's one of those self-check moments. And I don't know how many of these moments you've had, um, you know, in your comedy career, but as as like when you win you like it. And it's a great feeling, right? You can get comfortable with that feeling, but then you got to kind of self check yourself and start to really ask yourself, like, are these still wins? Right. Am I, am I still, am I still, am I still approaching practice the same way yeah. uh, that I was before I won my first one? Right. Like, am I, is it, yeah. is it still the same? And those self check moments are just to make sure that you're aware. Am I aware? And the reason why i think you are um why i think i still am is because there's still uh there's still a, a want for the the recreated right we're still recreating we're still trying to come back with new and new again and you know like you said when we first were talking in the beginning you said there's no better feeling it's euphoric right. it's the, the 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 development of the new it's awe. Oh, i love it like that's a that's a thing that's important to know that you still have and, and to identify with because without without that thing then what are you doing it for does it become like work at that point like is it no longer fun yeah and is it work like i don't ever want to take a deep breath before i get on stage and go here I go this shit again
3: right I mean, I might be tired, but it's, it's not a matter of whether I want to do it or not.
2: Yes, yes.
3: And it's, it's really fascinating to consider the, the, the absence of an assignment and also how in the course of our careers, the concept of what a comedian is supposed to do or can do has shifted dramatically mm, so like mm-hmm. the whole notion of you know uh doing specials it's not just about like oh netflix is this ever-changing thing and hbo used to be like the holy grail it's about the concept of doing numerous specials it used to be Well, there was like Carlin and Pryor and then like, then, you know, the other side of that is the Borscht Belt when people would do their own, they would do material for a a lifetime. But neither of those are true anymore. So in other words, it's like, there's, but there's, but like there are comedians that we know that are brilliant that have not embraced the self-assignment. Mm. And so therefore
2: Mm. talk, Jim.
3: People that are I mean, you know, people that are definitely funnier than me, Mm -hmm. and they just don't they don't sit there and because they still kill, we all want to kill, and there's you know, they don't want to like, well, you know, I because it's like it used to be comedians would do stand-up, become successful, then they would do a sitcom. And now it's to the point where, if a comedian is doing a sitcom, they're not only are they losing money, they're also losing creative fulfillment in a yeah. way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas, like, the you know, and I'm somebody who loves acting, but it's it, it you know it's also strange because I mean you're somebody who loves acting too and this is kind of an interesting thing, is that, like, I believe that most comedians could be great actors, but it's, it's, it's not in that mindset of them. You know, they're just like, well, what's that for? And it's like, you can do these incredible characters in your, in your act. Why don't you want to embrace this character in this movie? And they're like, I, I didn't write the line. And you're like, that's just so insane to me. <laughs> These really brilliant people. And you know, like you look at uh and then you'll look at some some actors like like I look at Melissa McCarthy and I'm like, she would be an amazing stand-up comedian. She
2: would, she would be
3: an amazing
2: she'd be stand-up a Fucking phenomenon.
3: Right? And so yes.
2: but it doesn't, it, it
3: should be if you can. If you can do a killer hour of standup, you should be able to. You're acting in that. But it's weird. But there is this strange perception. I don't know if you ever encounter encounter it where it's kind of people. And and I appreciate it. But people are always shocked when I'm in a movie and I'm acting and I'm decent.
2: You're You're a good fucking actor, Jim.
3: No, but, but do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you, you too.
2: Whoa, they did they hit you with this. The
3: guy who tells jokes. <laughs> Connect. Somehow do this. It's like, they have like downhill skiers acting. You know what I mean? It's like, do you know what I mean? It's It, it really all comes down to like the passion for it because I don't know about you. I know you, I know you grew up in Philly, but like, I mean, I have three brothers. And in my family, I'm considered third funniest. And that's not to say that, like, they don't have drive. It's about the gumption or the audacity or the chutzpah to be like, I'm doing this. Because in my family, it was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, it was the equivalent of announcing you're going to be an astronaut. Don't do that. Yeah, what are you you talking
2: about? What the fuck are you talking about? Stop it. You're wasting your time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it's like, don't embarrass us. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: You know what I mean? Those are also the same people that were like, you know, when you got some success, I always knew you could do it. let me
2: tell you something. I saw it. Remember when we were in the kitchen? And you remember that time you told a joke and I said, This is what you could be. I did this may be something. I told you that first. And it's it's crazy that it did. Yeah, everybody wants everybody wants a piece of the responsible pie.
3: Yeah. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is slaycation. I love that
2: what what you're saying. I just you know I love I do this because a I love to listen. I love to talk, uh, and you know I, I just think that comedians a comedian's perspective on life career uh you know drama ups downs it's so it's so interesting to me it's it's so fucking interesting and when you go you know there's a lot of people that partake in this craft of comedy um that don't tap into self you know um to the to the to the best of their ability, right? A lot of people try to cheat the process. And I compare it to basketball. There's a legend, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. uh, It's one of the greatest of all time. There's a story of Kobe Bryant. And the story was how Kobe Bryant went to Chicago. They were playing the Bulls. And Kobe Bryant went to the gym early in the morning. And when he went to the gym, Kobe Bryant went there to get some shots up but this was before the team shoot around before the practice it was just him by himself and jason williams comes in the gym at the same time and kobe's getting shots up and jason williams said he was coming to do his just regular 100 shots or 200 shots and he was doing it and he said kobe was there before him and he was finishing up and it didn't seem like kobe was finishing he was like what the fuck is he doing like we got a game we we're about to play a game. Why the fuck is he doing this? So Jason said he tried to put up a couple more shots or whatever, and he finally finished, and Kobe was still there. And he later saw Kobe, and he was like, damn, man, Like, what what the fuck were you doing Like, at that workout? And Kobe said, once I saw you in there, I said, I'm not going to let you finish after me. I'm going to let you see that no matter how hard you think you work, I'm going to work harder. And Kobe Bryant stayed there, just for the mind fuck of I'm in your city, I'm at your gym, and I came to get up shots, and I got more shots up than you. I stayed longer than you, and that was before my practice. You're going to leave knowing that this is how fucking hard I work, and this is why I bust ass. So whether, whether other players are more talented or not, they're not going to work as hard, right? And it's not to say that everybody can do that, because everybody can't. That's a talent within a talent. To want to work hard, to want to apply yourself, and the comedians that do do that. Like I can, I can go down a, a list of comics. You know, regardless of what people's personal opinions um, are about some life choices, we're talking about the craft. Um, you, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle. Um, you know, I can, I can go um, fucking uh, Seinfeld. Right. I'm just naming people that are. That are in that top tier, Wanda Sykes, um, you know, people that that just pride themselves on not just doing it, but doing it again, yeah. getting back in the gym, Aziz getting back in the gym, figuring out ways to stay there. Like that to me, that to me is some of the most intriguing shit in the world because you're constantly competing against yourself. Right. You're not competing against anybody else. You're, you're competing against you. You're, we're not going to be better than who we were, but we yeah. can get smarter and we can still work just as hard. And and that group that I named and there's so many more. Bill Burr, I could throw him in there, and you know more names yeah. will come out as I say it. But there's a group of individuals that have that thing that you're talking about, that's yeah. self-aware, which is which is fucking gold. It's gold in this crap. You know
3: what, I think the interesting thing is that I think that um, it's weird because, like, uh, you know, in the sports world, you wonder about this. It, uh, there, are, for every, you know, I don't know Kobe's backstory and I don't know Derek Jeter's backstory, but like, I do know that, like, there is something about eating a certain amount of shit that that you got to sit there and you got to be able to go all right I've had three bowls of shit where most people are like I'm
2: not eating any shit
3: I'm not gonna eat any shit and you're like and you're like all right I'll eat three bowls of shit and it's always about food for me right but um but the reason I say that is because the the amount, and when I say shit, I'm talking about the amount of humiliation, mm-hmm. the amount of rejection. People don't see it. People don't see, like there's this, this kind of like pretty story, or even if it's like a story of like, they struggled for 10 years. It's like, they didn't struggle for 10 years. They were humiliated, humiliated mm. and, People thought they were ill, you know what I mean? And the thing is, is that I almost feel, this is just my theory, that people have to eat some crow to, to get, like that's part of the process of creating the drive because I, I've had friends in comedy that have been great at everything and they're also great at standup. But, like, that fourth or fifth, you know, sitcom deal that didn't work out or they didn't get this because of that or whatever, it, mm-hmm. it it takes a toll. Whereas somebody that, and look, I'm not pretending that I had a super difficult life, but I'm just saying that I ate some shit. and And some of my friends that didn't eat shit, that didn't have, like, the amount of failure that would cripple some people, then they get, then they embrace failure later on, and it's they don't have the calluses. Does that make sense?
2: It does. It does. Like you, I love that you call it eating shit. I call it bumping your fucking head. Right. The reason why I call it bumping your head because when you bump your head, the first thing you do is what? You go, oh man, yeah. this has so much so much meaning this right here the forehead grab the forehead rub so much that this can mean right here it's discomfort it's i can't believe this shit. It's oh my god so what am i gonna do you gotta be kidding me like it's so much right that comes with the head bump and without a head bump you don't know how to walk in that thing again correctly right Sometimes a head bump is important because now you duck before you go in places because the last thing you want to do is bump your head because you remember what it fucking felt like. Um, Those moments where I've bumped my head are some of the most valuable and some of the most important because my assumption that I would be able to do things without putting the work in was high because I was on this ego horse. Um, The assumption that people are always going to laugh no matter what well that was just one that I created on my own i don't gotta do shit I'll be fucking fine It's like you know you 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 go through these phases uh where you fucking you you just turn into something else and that's the crazy thing about that success in comedy the the ego that can become or the ego that can attach itself to your to your success from laughter is a is a motherfucker that ego from from going out and handling the crowd all the time yeah. and getting them where you want that ego is a motherfucker. And it doesn't, oh, yeah. not, not a dick. You're not a dick. You're not an asshole, but it's a cockiness and you just being good at what you do. That yeah. ego is a motherfucker. And I'm, I'm so glad that things happened where I had to check that monster early. Yeah. I had to get that monster under control, Jim.
3: Yeah, no, it's like, it is, but you know, I thought you were almost going to say, uh, Like all these lessons that I'm talking about, it's like, I wish I learned them, but I'm still going to have to learn them. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm still going to go into a situation, think, got this, done this (laughs) and splat. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you, you know, it's like, how many times do I have to learn this? But but I do think it's really interesting, also, because that's the other thing is, I remember I uh, Ed Helms said this. It's like there's no there's no class you can take for the you know like you can take an acting class, you can take, but like what about the class you should take when you know you get handled get handled a situation that maybe you don't even deserve. Mm. Mm. And you you know like that older sibling that that tells you like hold on you know just because you got that doesn't mean that you, you suddenly your shit has refused has stopped smelling. Do you know what I mean? That's there's no class for that. Like that whole and and because also most of it's incomparable. It's, you know, your experience, my experience, Seinfeld, Chris Rock, it's, and every comedian that I'll see over the last three nights in New York comedy clubs, their experience is completely different. Do you know what I mean? It's like the whole notion that, uh, and it's fascinating. So it's like you want to give some advice, but it's also, some of it is is um you know it's easy to characterize it as self-destruction, but it is it's not just laugh, ears, it's like it's it's like also not losing that dose of humility because there believe me, there's like everyone forgets it, like we all forget we're gonna die, and we all forget that we've done. Horrible things that we <laughs> beg for forgiveness for, and then someone does something probably comparable, and we're like, "Don't forgive them." Do you know what I mean? Like it is insane. All these <laughs> lessons we learn in church or in synagogue, we don't remember them. <laughs> we like we like to quote them, you know.
2: Who who acts as a as a inspiration to Jim Gaffigan? Right? I mean, you are a father of five, married man, um, very vocal, um, the, the industry of comedy, knows how dedicated Jim Gaffigan is to his family. Um, where does that come from? You know, you said you are one of three brothers. Did you come up in a household? Uh, mom, dad, everybody close, family dinners trips etc yeah,
3: there, was, there was definitely some of that i mean some of it is you know it's i'm far from perfect it's like you know the perception game we're mm-hmm. in this perception game mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and some of it is like look i believe comedians do the comedy they're going to do and then they get credit or criticism for it right okay and so the comedy i do it's and the reality that uh, you know, I am the father of five and all this. It's like that is understandably, it's created this perception, but it's not like I know what I'm doing. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like uh you know, it is just this uh, but I would say that like we are a product of our different cultures and there is a family culture that you're you're raised in. That is some there, but like the weird thing is like like when you talk about heroes, it's like I don't think that there's one person. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like I do okay. think that like I do aspire to like uh you know I do aspire like I feel like Seinfeld has navigated this business uh, with removing the emotion that can get in the way.
2: Okay. You
3: know what I mean? Okay. Like all the conversations I have with him, it never turns into gossip. It's always, he's a comedy nerd. You talk comedy, you talk this or that, you, you know, you want to laugh. But like, so that single focused kind of, because intellectually we know that, you know, you hang around that bitchy friend, male or female. It, it might be Funny, but like an hour later, you're like, Ugh, you feel like sick because you've kind of like embraced negativity. Embraced the
2: bullshit. You, yeah, you, you took time to take the bullshit in, and that's that's not the move.
3: You know, there is like, and I admire people that because I think that in the entertainment industry, there's a constant battle of getting caught up in other people's expectations. Okay. Like, I, over and over i'm kind of i love stand up i love acting i love doing indie movies where i can play a character that is complex and it's you know it's a uh, you know you're you're essentially constructing constructing this character in this world with this director who's often the writer there isn't this financial um, uh, you know intimidating thing hanging overhead it's like it's really kind of creative but like i i do sometimes think like when i get bummed out is when i start getting caught up in other people's expectations oh i should have that it's not my idea that i should oh i should have this or that it's never my idea and, and they're not being malicious, but I get caught up in other people's. Life. Like when I was first starting in stand up, people would be like, have you been on Letterman yet? Which was a goal of mine. And it was like, I wasn't even worried about it at the time, but because they said it, I got caught up in their expectation.
2: It became a thing. It became yeah. your thing. Because it was yeah. said, Oh God, wait, is that the thing? If so, no, I haven't done it. Fuck. What am I doing? I yeah. gotta do it.
3: Am I crazy? You know. Well, that—that that that was me.
2: There. That was me at one point in my career where, you know, I wanted—I wanted what the other comics had, right? And you know, I wanted their moment. And of course, this was a young. This is a young version of myself. You know, I'm I'm 25, 26 at the time. And you know, you see your your peers. You see your peers. um, You know, they have uh a tour or they um you know doing uh a, a television spot a set or they get booked um to do a small part in the movie and it was a uh, it was heavy man that should be me yeah that should yeah. be me right and you get you get caught up into that thing and you you realize quickly it's like well no it shouldn't right like that that it shouldn't be me it that should be them that's yeah. their that's their thing. That's their moment, and I'm figuring mine out. And as I figure mine out, I'll get to the space where I crack the code on what this what this figuring out has done, and and what my hard work, um, what what position has put me in for me to be rewarded from it. That's my that's my side. That's my lane, and shouldn't be about others but i had to i had to i had to once again self check i had to check myself and and make sure that i got out of that space of thinking because that's a dark place that's the that's the place of forever unhappy if you're always looking at what the other person has you're never yeah. focusing on what you have
3: and and it's 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 so it's It's also, because I also believe that in the comedy community, I think that people assume that there is, um, I don't know what they think. It's like, I don't know if it was true at one point, but the reality is that there is a fraternal or, you know, I guess that's a fraternal or like there's this communal spirit among comedians That I think people don't see or they don't want to embrace. Like the reality is, is that comedians really do embody that kind of like being friends and having respect for someone that does something different and you or has different opinions that people don't kind of. You know, like it's kind of what we what what this society is losing, which is like comedians love different points of views. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if that comedian, and I'm not saying there aren't like squabbles, but I'm just saying that generally it doesn't matter even how funny someone is on stage or what they do on stage, there is an affinity. Or, uh, you know, like a shared experience that I assume that, you know, people in the military share. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're, uh, I'm not comparing myself, uh, comparing us to Marines. But like, there is something of like, these weirdos that pursue stand-up are, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of stand-up they do. There is like, yeah, you're a weirdo too. It is the Island of Misfit Toys, you know, we're all kind of a little bit weird. And by the way, it's like.
2: A lot of bit. I even thought a lot of bit. We're, we're a lot of bit in there. There's a lot of yeah. bit weird in there.
3: And and yeah. I love, I love acting, but I'll tell you something. I love comedians a lot more than I love actors. And I mm-hmm. like actors. Mm-hmm. But like comedians, you know, you work with someone for two days the the hierarchy kind of melts away. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just, it's, you know, like, I'm not saying that you're going to tell Dave Chappelle what to do on something, but like, you're going to know someone. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think sometimes with acting, even in that call sheet, it's like, it's not intentional and it might be necessary for the business of it. But like, where in a comedy club, there's no special, you know, like, you go into a comedy club waiting for your spot, you're sitting in the same seat that the open micro was sitting in two hours before.
2: Yeah, there's no, there's not a, there's not the, even when the carpet's rolled out, you're still, you're still one of, right? And there's a, there, yeah. there's a, there's a fraternity feeling, a fraternity feeling that I, that I associate with us as comics. And, you know, um, some grab onto it, some don't. Uh, but, the energy that we get from one another when we do have the supporting side of, of like, um, like if, if, if it's all positive and it's all about seeing the, seeing the craft win, regardless of person, if you want the better for the craft, then when you're there, you're there and you have nothing but supporting your heart. You're there and you're like, Oh, this is dope. There's a new, comic or there's new comics, there's a new wave. The internet yeah. is now uplifting and promoting a new fucking energy into comedy and there's a new way to get to success. Oh, that's dope. Everything comedy, you're applauding because you know it's for the better of the craft because the craft is what you love. If you have that mindset, you have that positive outlook, then it's very hard very hard to lose. It's hard yeah. to find a a, a loss because everything is for the better or good because it's all going to help open up a door that will eventually be perfect for you. That's my outlook. That's forever been my outlook.
0: It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Who, who inspires Jim Gaffigan? What, what, what comedians uh, make you go, fuck, you know what, I got to get in the think tank. I got to go back in the think tank and I got I to gotta put that pin to the pad and I got to write some shit.
3: Oh, you know, I mean, it, It's ever, it's ever-changing. You know, it's like it depends what I've watched. You know what I mean? It's like, and some of it is um, being impressed like Nate Borghazi's funny. You know, mm-hmm. Shane mm-hmm. Gillis is funny. You know, it's like there's you know there's, and by the way, it's like that that showcase thing on Netflix where they give a comedian half an hour, and I'm sure that they're kind of like, what the fuck? I want you know a whole hour, but like, I'm poor. I'm more prone to watch those than a whole hour, um, but it's weird. You know, it's like for me, it's it's you know like there's this guy. I wish I could find it. it's it's like for me. There's just people that are doing things that are so different, but truly authentic to them. That it inspires me in a strange way. You know what I mean? It's like, look, I love uh this guy, Chris Fleming. He does like he did something that is so funny. And then like I'll see like just clips of like different comedians it's weird because also, like, you know, I here I am this guy that's been around forever, and uh you know, I sometimes think that America's desire for new sometimes makes us ignore things that are uh, like sometimes we pick new over quality. Okay, but I'm I'm the same way. It's like for me, discovering certain people, like Chris Flaming or uh, you know who's this guy? This guy um, Shay and like the Simpson guy on the new Netflix thing. It's like, I knew Mark Norman. I knew, you know, these guys. It's like, it's exciting to see, like, these new voices. Do you know what I mean? Even if if it's like, oh, you know what? Like, in the first three minutes, like, you can sit there and go, this guy or this woman's going to be really good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I felt that way about uh, Fortune. I'm like, she's going to be good. Like, there is something there that, like... um, that, you know, like they know who they are and they're kind of, they're mining their experience. And I think Fortune's a great example of someone who's bringing light when she could bring darkness. And I'm not saying ah, that, like, there's like a dark it. side to her. But like, I, like I also it. think that comedy has an aftertaste. And, you know, like if, and by the way, that's not to say that like, I mean, I love... You know, I love dark comedy. I love like a real <laughs> dark joke. I mean, every, you know, all comedians have this, like the things that we laugh at off stage, the audience wouldn't understand. But like, if you're bringing light when maybe your experience has been you could be angry, it's like, that's pretty amazing.
2: I love this side of you because people, People don't get to hear you talk like this, right? Like I, I love that you are you. are just a comics comic, man. You can you can hear it. Like there's a real, genuine passion, uh, for comedy. There's a there's a genuine passion, um, and 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 level of support for for your counterparts as well. I think it's important for for to not just be said, but for it to be heard. Right. And even when you're mentioning the comics that you're like, Oh here's who does it for me, you didn't you didn't go to what people may expect. Like you're that'll yeah. shock the comics that you probably said to hear, oh man, Jim Gaffigan is a fan, or he admired like that's that's big. That's what the craft of comedy needs and what it's missing sometimes. Like it's it's missing the vocal side of support, um, from from us too the up-and-coming, the generation, or those that have succeeded and that have been. Sometimes it's good just to know that people fucking see you and, and that they fucking appreciate you.
3: Yeah, I mean, also, it's like, I mean, I've known Tig for, like, 30 years. We both were in Ireland at this festival, and we bombed together. <laughs> and, like, her last special was amazing. And, you know, like, I always loved Brian Regan, And, you know, it's like, it's weird because there's a panic, right? You're like, now I got to say them all. I got to say them all because it's like, you don't want to have this moment in an hour where you're like, I can't believe I didn't say that name.
2: I love it. I fucking love it. Um, Jim, dude, like you're, I don't know, man, like this is, you're making my day. And, you know, I, I can't say that I've had a bad conversation um on any of these podcasts and and the reason why is because they're they're real they're not prepped you know they're 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 conversations that go in whatever direction me and the person i'm talking to uh decide to take it in and dude i just love how complex the minds of of comedians are and you know some of them go fucking dark jim Some of them go dark and you find out, you know, there's a lot of hurt, depression, um, anxiety. There's a lot of feeling attached. To this, to this thing that we do. And, you know, you find some that are like, yo, fuck this. You know, I've been doing it for so long. And after a certain amount of time, it's just like, oh, I can't no more. I'm sick of it. I'm tired. Like, you got, you got different, different levels uh, on this elevator of emotion. So, you know, to hear you and just to hear your outlook and and for my fans to hear it, once again. I think it's I think it's extremely refreshing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Jim's got a fucking Netflix special out right now. Uh it's on Netflix. And I'm just gonna go backwards for a second before we close out and and go back to the number nine. You know, we sped past it. He said, This is my ninth special. Um, you know, this this is something that doesn't it doesn't just happen, right? Like, you know, uh I think the there's a there's a group of us that are like kind of churning and, and putting these specials out and you know people are past the six people are at seven some people are at eight you're at nine like it's a it's a thing right where these catalogs are being created um by so many and these bodies of work. Um I was talking to my guy from Australia. Jeffries? Yes Jim Jeffries and you know Jim was talking about the amount of specials that he had and oh how many he's done. Right.
3: I mean so many.
2: He's so many he's in great. your ballpark. He's in your ballpark with like specials. And it's like when you when you start to hear this, man, you, you realize that you, we're in a we're part of a new generation of comedy, and that yeah. that older generation, right? You're talking about one special from the greats, or maybe two. Yeah. Uh, three of you are lucky, and Carlin's number was absurd, Yeah. right? And yeah. there's so many people today that just deserve the the flowers of of making people aware. Like I got a lot of body of work out there. I've, I've put a lot of shit out there and, and for people to go and to be able to identify with you through the progression of your career, I think it's an amazing thing. So I would yeah. say, guys, if you're not educated on Jim Gaffigan, please do yourself a favor, do yourself a favor and go and, and go look at what, what this man has done in the space of comedy. Um, it's special. It truly is special. Uh, And he is not just an amazing comic, but he's a guy that fucking gets it. He gets it. He gets it. And what we talked about during this podcast was getting it. Getting it. The understanding of self and what to put in the self and how to get the best out of you. The work that goes into it. And we can do this shit forever. But we can't go on forever because, unfortunately, I only have a certain amount of time. But
3: oh, you got your four other jobs.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, after this, Jim, I'm actually, I'm actually building a uh, fort in the front of my house. It's just a side project I'm doing. I'll be <laughs> you got your also
3: landscaping <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah. <Can> I <laughs> one thing, just because it's like, this is such a comedy, um, nerd nugget. It's like I know that we're living in this day of Chappelle, and he is unbelievable. Yes, But like, I want everyone to really think about, and they're, they're, you know, it's like, look, there's, as you said, it's like, there's so many names, but like, I think people forget that Chris Rock is like one of, like talk about like timeless, like those specials work today. Like there is something about, I just feel like we're in this day where I like, because, you know, maybe it was the 90s or the 2000s where it was just like, not only was he the king, you know what I mean? And he's also somebody that loves to act too. But like, like it's like, and, and this is not taking any, and Chappelle would say the same thing. Chris Rock was like, and he's still around doing it. But, like, and I thought Tambourine was great, but, like, I do feel like the genius of him is almost not getting its due. Does that make sense? Mm,
2: I, I I think that it does, and I think it's, it's very easy to hear the volume of, you know, uh, shit that you don't expect to hear um, because it seems like everything else is turned up. Right, yeah. um, but for me, Chris Rock. I mean, I talk to him all the time, so I know what's going on with him. I mean, he's gearing up to go on another tour now. Um, but he's never lost, Jim.
3: No, no, he's, he's never, never lost. lost. He hasn't he's lost. He's never lost. Yeah,
2: right. And I think that's a that's a that's the that's the easy way to put it for for the listeners. Yeah. He's never lost. Uh, he's been in the finals a lot of times, and he's won a lot of championships. And you know, it's it's the game of longevity. It's the game of jazz, it's the game of am I putting asses and seats. And and that's the real that's the real determining, you know, factor to to where you are and what you are, right? When when regardless of conversation or verbiage, when you step on a stage, are there asses and seats? Yeah. And if they are, it's because those people have made a decision to ride with you, and on Chris's side, they they ride with them, and yeah. they forever have and forever will. Like they, yeah. they and and you got to think, bigger and blacker was how many years ago?
3: <laughs> it's just, and it still holds up.
2: It still holds up. It's timeless.
3: It's, I, I just think it's weird because like we are in this blur of this zeitgeist thing, but like there is, uh, and he, you know, yeah. You know, he probably does. But I guess it's just, you know, like the comedy nerd in me is like, that is like a pinpoint mind that like, uh, you know, that's one in the generation, that pinpoint mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know if you want to be described as a pinpoint mind, but like, uh, it's pretty amazing.
2: No, you, you what you said is dope as hell. Once again, it goes back to what I just said earlier. It's important for us to do this. Yeah. It's important for, for comics to see us support other comics, uh, cheer and hero and champion other comics in, in their work, male or female, it doesn't matter. Um, once again, we're a fraternity. So I, I love it. I love the, I love the support. I love the, the understanding and and dude, I, I, I love, I love just the opportunity to change the narrative of of what is always presented to be negative, you know, in in, in our circle, there's a there's this thing of you know you got to be the funniest or the best, and that's not the case. You know, there's room for us all.
3: Yeah, it really is an abundant universe.
2: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is comedy gold mines, and I don't have to tell you what we do on here because you know, we get inside the minds of amazing comedians, and oh my God, today we're in an amazing mind. This one was. Uh, Jim, I've known you for a long time. I've never had anything but good things to say about you because I've watched your talent from afar, and you've been nothing but pleasant to me throughout my career, man. I want to thank you for doing me a favor and doing my podcast. It's exactly what I thought it would be, uh, which is dope as fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, please show some love to a great mind. Jim Gaffigan.
0: Appreciate it, buddy. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and L O L Audio Production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil, with Tastemakers Media, Emile Garner, and Ian McDonald. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.